Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We are blessed that you are part of it. And you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. Good morning. I want to talk this morning about a subject, and I have Spoke on this a couple years ago, but the Lord always brings this message back to me every now and then to uh, refine it, go over it, and preach it again. And it's on the power of the blood, the blood of Jesus. Now, from Genesis to Revelation, there is no greater theme in the Bible but about the blood. Uh, It's always before our eyes. It's a reminder of the importance of the blood of Jesus. And there is no other scriptural theme throughout the Bible that we will see constantly about the blood of Jesus and the blood, the power of the blood. We see the significance of the blood even in the Garden of Eden, even at the gates of uh, Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned. And if you haven't realized the first sacrifice, animal sacrifice, the sacrifice of blood was done by God himself. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, we know they covered themselves. They tried to hide from God. They tried to hide their sin. That's what religion tries to do to us. Hide from our sin. You're either two places in in this earth. You're either hidden in the presence of God or you're hiding from the presence of God. And we know that God called out to Adam and Eve and he asked where they were and because they were hiding. Not that God didn't know where they were at. Of course he did. But where are you spiritually? And we know there that God gave them animal skins to cover their nakedness. So there was the shedding of blood even at the gates of the Garden of Eden. And we see that scene, we see that theme throughout scripture over and over again. We see the first sacrifice of giving by Cain and Abel. Cain gave a a sacrifice of the fruit of the ground, which represents our own works. But Abel gave a sacrifice of his first, uh, first of, of, of his sheep, an animal sacrifice. And here we see the very first murder created on the earth was because of how to worship God. Don't we see that today? Isn't that so much in today's uh, way that that there's more murder over different religion, but not in Christ? So again, we see that blood symbolizes cleansing and purification. We see even at Noah, after the great flood, the first thing that Noah did was offer, make an altar and make a sacrifice to God. So that theme was already uh, understood by the early people in the book of Genesis. We see even with the birth of Isaac, the son of promise, that God had asked Abraham to give his son as a sacrifice. It was a type of Christ, the father sacrificing his his son. Leviticus 17.11 says this, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement. 
for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Now, atonement is an Old Testament word. It means to cover. You're not going to find that in the New Testament because Jesus doesn't atone or cover our sins. He washes them away and cleanses us from all iniquity. So there's the cleansing of Jesus' blood. Now, the first covenant did not take away sin, the uh, sacrifice of blood of animals and rams and bulls. It covered, it merely covered it. It did not give eternal life. It gave the hope of eternal life. It, did give, it didn't give the promise of a new birth. It gave the hope of it. And it did not give fellowship with God. It gave a type. It was a forecast of what the Messiah would be like that God had promised in Genesis 3.15 that he would send a savior, that he would send a redeemer that would bring us back. So we can look throughout scriptures and we'll see that the Old Testament believers believed in Christ, believed in a Messiah to come. They looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. But we as believers look back 2,000 years ago to when Jesus, the Messiah, came and shed his blood on the cross for each one of us. Hebrews 10:11 says this, the law was a shadow of good things to come, the Old Testament. The blood of animal, animals did not cleanse the conscience. It did not take away the sin consciousness from men. It didn't take it away. It covered till Jesus came. Hebrews 9.22 says this, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sins. We are brought back into fellowship with God only through the precious blood of Jesus. No other way. No other way. Now, the divine justice and holiness of God required blood. You say, why blood? Why did blood have to be sacrificed uh, for our sins? Well, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You see, when sin enters in, we become spiritually dead and physically dead. Let's take that in the natural. If you went for a doctor's appointment uh, for a checkup, what's one of the first things they do? They take blood because the life source and the power of life runs through the blood in our body. And it was the blood that needed to make atonement for sin because sin caused spiritual death and somebody had to pay. Jesus Christ gave the divine, his divine life, his precious blood to satisfy all of mankind's sins and debts and to restore covenant peace between God and man. The divine justice and the holiness of God demanded a sacrifice for sin. And you say, man, that's hard. But don't we have a legal system today? If somebody does something wrong, they come before the judge and they're judged and they have to pay a penalty for their sin. How much more? Do we have to pay a penalty for the sin of, uh, that we have against God? You know, there was an old song we used to sing back in the 90s. I owed a debt I could not pay, and Jesus paid a debt he did not own. I want to give a little example, like the courtroom of heaven. We stand before God the Father, who is our judge, and we are all guilty. Every one of us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Anybody tells you they haven't sinned, they are a liar, and they're sinning right 
right there because we've all fallen. And we stand before God the Father as a judge. And we are called that we are guilty. But Jesus comes and stands beside us. And he says, I will take the penalty for their sin. What a deal we have. What a great salvation we have. We should have hung on the cross, but instead Jesus took that. The greatest example of God's love, the greatest expression of God's love is that he sent Jesus to die for our sins and that the blood of Jesus pays for our sin completely. You see, in the Old Testament, it only covered. But in the New Testament, the blood of Jesus was shed once and for all for the forgiveness of sin. It's the free gift of God that we, re- that we have to receive by faith when we put our um, when we put our trust in Christ. Now we look at another example in Genesis. In Genesis, I'm going back and forth showing you the Old Testament examples of the blood and the New Testament, the fulfillment in Jesus Christ. We look at Genesis 15. It's where God cut a covenant with Abraham. And we know that the Jewish nation came forth from there. This is one of the most important chapters in the Old Testament. It is the beginning of the Jewish nation. It is the sealing with blood, a blood sacrifice to seal the covenant with Abraham and not only with him, but with a nation that would come forth out of him. The New Testament is sealed with the blood of Jesus, God's own son. The Old Testament was with um, with with animal sacrifice. We look at the book of Leviticus. It's full of sacrifices of how to approach God. And again, it only covered it. It only appeased the wrath of God until the Savior would come and shed his blood on Calvary's cross. We look at the Passover, that infamous night before the uh, Israelites left Egypt. And we know this story. We've all read it. We know about the 10 plagues and the, the release of the children of Israel after 400 years of bondage. But before they could go, they had to sacrifice the Passover. And the Passover was a, was a sacrifice of a lamb. And the blood was put on the lentils of the doorpost. That when the death angel came uh, through the town and through the place of Egypt to kill the firstborn, everyone that was under the blood was spared. They said at that night, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. How much greater is the blood of Jesus on our lives today? And a lot of times we don't know the benefits. What you don't know, you don't know. But when you look at the power of the blood and you see that theme running through scripture and how Jesus totally fulfilled the wrath and the anger of God by dying on the cross. We see here also in scripture, it says later in Hebrews 9, 19. Now listen to this. I've read this and I'm sure you have read this, but think about this picture. It says in Hebrews 9, 19, later when the commandments were given, blood was sprinkled on the book of the law and on the people. Think about that. Think about the blood over two million, two million people. When the law was given by Moses uh, on Mount Sinai and he gave the law to the people, he sprinkled that book, those tablets with blood, and then sprinkled it over the people. Think of the blood. Think of the animal sacrifice that was made uh, for, for the covering of their sins. And Jesus, the last supper, as we call it, was the Passover meal. 
And at that Passover meal, Jesus takes the bread and wine and he says, this is my body, which is broken. This is my blood that is going to be spilt for you. He was declaring that he would be the perfect sacrifice. And you know, we read in scriptures where Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember me. Jesus didn't say, remember me for the miracles. Remember me for the feeding of the 5,000. Remember me for the healing of the blind and the lame. He says, remember me for the sacrifice I am about to do to give my body and my blood for the salvation of the whole world, not just the Jewish people, but for the whole world. Messiah came through uh, the Jewish people because salvation is of the Jews, but from there it would go to the whole world. The doors of heaven would once again be broken open for us. The Bible says that when he was beaten, those 39 stripes on his back were the healing of our body. Everything that we we need or ever will need is provided in the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of the cross. And when we get a revelation of that, the devil runs and flees. You see, the enemy of our soul knows what the cross was about. He didn't know it before time because the word of God says in Colossians, if he would have known that when he crucified the Lord of glory, what would be the result? He would have never did it. You see, those three days that Jesus was in the tomb, I I'm sure hell had an unholy celebration. And then up from the grave, Jesus came. He rose again. And because he, ra- he, will be, he rose again for us, we will have that same resurrection power in us. Because that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. It will quicken. It will make alive our mortal bodies. This is what we have in the atonement. This is what we have in the precious blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7, 1, 7 says, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, the cleansing of iniquity, even the forgiveness and consequences of sin is wiped away. What a covenant agreement that we have with God, Jesus sacrifice. And there's no other way, brothers and sisters in a day and age where every road goes to heaven, this is even being proclaimed in some pulpits. We must take our stand and know what the word of God says in John. John 14, 6, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father by me, but by me. You must be solidly founded on the scripture and the promises of the word of God that Jesus is the only way. What a deal we have. Jesus takes my sins. He takes your sins. He nails them on the cross. And on that day when he shed all his blood, he shed his blood in seven places on his body. Completeness of the shed blood of Jesus. He said, it is finished. What was finished? The sacrificial ceremony of the giving of animals' blood for the covering of sin. It was finished and complete when Jesus died and his blood was spilt on the ground. It was done completely for our salvation as we turn our lives over to him. Another example in the Old Testament, and I'm going to relate it to the new. In 2 Chronicles 7, we see the dedication of the temple by Solomon. And if you look at those first few verses, it was not without blood. There was 120,000 sheep and 22,000 bulls that were sacrificed on that day. Think of the blood that was poured out before uh, the temple was dedicated. And it says, after that, 
the fire and the glory of God from heaven fell on that new temple. It fell, the very manifest presence entered into the holy of holies beyond the veil. We know that according to scripture, once a year, the high priest would take the blood and bring it beyond the veil to put it on the mercy seat to just cover the sins of the Jewish people for one year. And that was their day of atonement. And you know, tradition tradition tells us that when the high priest and he alone had to go in by a certain ceremonial way, only the way God had prescribed through Moses, that when he went in, they put a, tradition says they put a rope around his leg and a and a bell. And if that bell stopped ringing, it meant that the sacrifice was not acceptable before God. And the rope would literally pull the high priest out of the Holy of Holies because nobody dared go in. The very manifest presence was there. Now you think, oh, that's pretty harsh of God. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we forget about the holiness of God. Yes, God loves us and he forgives us, but he is a holy and he is a just God. Always remember that. We should always have an awe and a reverence and a fear of almighty God. Not fear that he doesn't love us, but fear because of who he is, the great I am in our midst. We see the high priest was the most important person in the Old Testament, but Hebrews 8.1 tells us that Jesus is now the high priest of the new covenant who took his blood when it was spilled and he took it and put it on the mercy seat of heaven, taking away our sins once and for all. Everything in the Old Testament centered around the high priest. If he failed in his approach to God, uh, there was no covering. There was no atonement. But in the New Testament, everything centers around our great high priest, Jesus Christ, who could never fail, who could never fail. That's why his blood was spilled once and for all for the sins of all the world. The first covenant sealed in blood, the second sealed not with the blood of animals, but with the precious blood of the son of God himself who gave himself for us. Jesus is our mediator between God and man. There's no other mediator between God and man. There's no one else but Jesus Christ. We come through the power of the name of Jesus and the power of the blood of Jesus. That's why we can say, as it says in Hebrews 14, uh, 4, 16, that we can come boldly into the presence of God. We can come to the throne of God and obtain mercy and help and grace in time of need. It's a throne of mercy and help right now, not judgment. And we can come in boldly, confidently, not in our own works, not in our own good behavior, not in our own righteousness, but in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we can have an audience with the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, every moment, every second of the day. Why is that? Because now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit, because we're washed in the blood, God's Spirit resides in each one of us today. So we can come boldly. Colossians 3, 13 and 14 says this, He, Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred into us uh, transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1:20. having made peace through the blood of his cross, we were separated from God in darkness. We belong to the kingdom of this world, but once we receive Christ, we are brought into the kingdom of God. Jesus' sacrifice satisfied the demands of God's holiness, establishing a peace 
bond or a covenant with those that receive him. We have peace with God because we have peace with God and we have the peace of God in our heart because of Jesus Christ. We can live in that inner peace. No matter what's going on in your life, you should have inside of you the peace of God ruling and reigning. Romans 8, 1 says, there is there for now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for us. We have passed from death from life because of the precious blood of Jesus. Being justified, uh, therefore justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me talk about another benefit we have of the, uh, the precious blood of Jesus. I talked about how we have forgiveness of sin, how we have healing of uh, our bodies. But Revelation twelve eleven says that we, they overcame, that's us. We overcame him, the devil, by the blood of a lamb and the word of our testimony. And we did not love their, then they did not love their lives even unto death. No fear of death. We overcome because of the blood of Jesus. No other way. And the word of our testimony. Just to mention a few things. The Bible says death is swallowed up in victory. Any fear of death is swallowed up in victory because Jesus Christ has died on the cross for each one of us and shed his blood. Revelations 1 5 says, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Jesus restored our fellowship with God the Father and opened wide the gates of heaven that we may enter in when this life in this world is over with. You know, when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, the cross was not plan B. In God's foreknowledge and his foreknowing what would go on, the plan was already made in heaven. You see, the Supreme Court of Heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had already planned the cross and the blood of Jesus. And not only planned it, it was done. And you say, how was it done? Revelations 13, 8 says, Jesus was slain from the very foundation of the world. It was already a done deal. It's just a matter of time when Jesus would come and die and fulfill that for each one of us. Today, I want to ask you, are you hanging around the cross or have you bowed your knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? You know, being born again, is he's called our Savior. And yes, he is, but he is also our Lord. Have you made him Lord over your life? Have, can you say, as Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. You know, there's an old... Old song. There's an old song. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb, and it will never lose its power. That's why we need to proclaim it. We need to pray it over our families. We need to apply it over our homes, our jobs, everything we own, and we can keep the enemy away from it. Yeah, things will happen, but how many things we can avoid by knowing the power of the blood of Jesus over our lives and over our families? You know, there's an expression to plead the blood of Jesus. And that word plead always bothered me in a sense because plead sounds like you're begging. You're begging God for the blood. He freely gave it to us. He freely gave it to us when Jesus died on the cross. He freely did the sacrifice that no man could ever accomplish. But God himself took on the form of human flesh and came as Jesus Christ to be God with us, to be God dying for us, and to be God living in us by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit.
spirit. You know, in the book of Revelation, John saw the Lamb of God sitting on the throne. He didn't see the lion of the tribe of Judah on the throne. He's seen the blood-stained, he's seen the scar-stained hands and feet of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who sits on the throne. You know, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. And on that when Jesus came, now he knew Jesus, but all of a sudden he had a revelation when Jesus came to be baptized. And he said this, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Beholding Jesus, beholding the power of the precious blood of Jesus, all power and authority is in his name, and he has given it to each one of us today. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise for the precious blood you have shed on Calvary's cross for each one of us today. May our focus stay centered on the great sacrifice of the cross and the power of the resurrection, because if that same spirit dwells in us. It's going to make quicken us, make us alive and cause us to rise again in new birth when we go to heaven. So Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for the precious blood of a lamb today. We thank you and we give you praise if we spend a million years in eternity just giving you thanks for your ultimate sacrifice, the free gift of salvation to each one of us and the power of the blood that we can live under right now as a protection over our families, our homes, our nation, over all people. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of Jesus today. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website at perryhall.life and click on the Jesus link. This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you, God bless you and have a great day.